Jesus' name, amen. The woman came to the well that afternoon exhausted. She had made the journey to the well on foot, walking through the noonday sun. She was hot, the the sun beating down on her that afternoon. She was lonely. She came to the well that afternoon all alone. The other women in town would have come together. It would have been quite the social event for them to draw the water together. But she wasn't welcome with the other women. Not after they found out about her past and the sins that she had committed. They wanted nothing to do with her. The invites stopped coming, which was just as well for her because, well, the stairs and the, the snide remarks, the sideways glances, the gossip, it was all too much for her anyway. She came to the well that day, a day that seemed to be just like any other day, exhausted from life, tired and worn out, hot and thirsty, condemned and rejected by society entirely alone. Today seemed like just another ordinary day. Except it wasn't. As she made her way to the well that day, she saw a man there, which was out of the ordinary because usually she was the only one who was foolish enough to draw the water at that time of day. This was no ordinary man, as she would learn. This would be no ordinary day. First, uh, she thought she knew how this interaction between the two of them would play out. Society had set strict guidelines on how men and women were supposed to interact, so she thought she knew. They, the two of them, her and the man, wouldn't speak. They probably wouldn't make eye contact. Uh, they would each draw their water, do what they came to do, and then go their separate ways. But this was no ordinary man, and this was certainly no ordinary day. And, and the man, he, he begins by speaking to her. He talks to her. He doesn't seem too worried about the divisions between men and women in that culture and society at that time. He, he speaks to her. He, he begins a conversation. He, he asks if he can drink from her jar. He, uh, a Jew, and, and she, a Samaritan, he doesn't seem worried that, that his own disciples and all the rest of the Jews will consider him unclean, religiously, ceremoniously unclean, from drinking from her jar. He doesn't seem too worried about becoming contaminated by her. And all of this, it should have given her reason to pause. She maybe should have even been afraid by this man who was doing so many unordinary things, but she wasn't. She was strangely enthralled by this man. She was drawn into him. She was drawn in by his promises of living water as he spoke and said that, that everyone who comes to him will never be thirsty again, that he will fill them up with living water so that they would be overflowing. And she can't make sense out, out of all of it. It's, it's strange what he's talking about. But if, if even part of it is true, she wants in. But as she finds out, it's too good to be true. This man is really just an ordinary man. He's really not all that different from everyone else back in the village. She learns now that he's just as cruel as the rest of them. She knows this because he comes to her and he says, Hey, go, go call your husband. Bring him here. You know, I'd, I'd like to meet him. And, and now she knows that someone sent him to mock her and make fun of her, just like all the rest of the people in the village do. Somehow, probably someone in the village told her about her sin, that the man she was living with was not her husband, and that she had had five husbands before this one. She was a five-time divorcee. This man before her, who had been speaking these beautiful promises, shows his hand. He's not any different 
from all the other people back in town. He simply wants to mock her. And, and if his promises are true, well, now she knows that they're certainly not for her. Except that the man keeps talking to her. <laughs> and he keeps making these beautiful promises to her. Somehow, this man knows about her past. He knows about everything she's ever done, all the sins that she has committed, uh, the, the five husbands she's had, and the man she lives with now who is not her husband, and yet he doesn't tell her to get lost. And it should have been three strikes and she was out. Strike one, he was a man and she was a woman. They shouldn't have even been having this conversation. Strike two, he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. There was a deep religious and cultural divide between the two groups. And strike three, her past and present sin was overwhelming. The promises shouldn't have been for her. Uh, but they were. And this man before her continues to make these beautiful promises, continues to talk about this living water, continues to tell her that he is the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who will come to restore and renew all things. He, he begins to tell her, he, Jesus, tells her that, that everyone who comes to him will be filled with living water, will be filled with mercy and grace and forgiveness and life, and that all of it is for her. It is just for her. It sounds too good to be true, but she wants to believe it. And in her excitement, she leaves the well. She leaves behind that jar she had come to fill. It's, it's empty sitting there by the side, and she, she heads back to town. Her jar is empty, but, but she's been filled now, filled with the love and the peace and the hope of Jesus. And she, so she hurries back to town. And, and to anyone that will listen, she says, Come and see. Come and see this man I just met who knows everything about me and yet accepts me for who I am. Come and see this Jesus. Come and see what true peace looks like for your soul. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsting for hope that you haven't found anywhere else? Are you thirsting for peace in this world, in the midst of our brokenness? Are you thirsty for life, true life? Come and see. He's talking about things that I don't understand, but you've got to come and see him. You see, our gospel reading for today, this story from John 4, the, the story of the Samaritan woman at the well, it tells us something very important about the grace of our God. That there is no boundary too big, no wall too high that Jesus cannot overcome. And that everyone, everyone who comes to him will receive the gift of living water. That everyone who drinks from the well of Jesus will never go thirsty again. That in Jesus there is a peace and a hope and a forgiveness that this world simply cannot give and it's all for you. Now, maybe you're like that woman at the well, and maybe you have a hard time believing this because you come to church every week and you hear about grace and forgiveness and love. You, you've heard the story before, but you don't think it's for you because maybe you came in those doors this morning exhausted and worn out, just like her from life. You're tired. Maybe you're lonely. You came here alone today and, and you don't feel that love surrounding you. Or, or maybe you feel rejected and condemned by the world. Or maybe you just look at your life and the mistakes that you've made and the sins that you've committed and you think, no way are those things that we talk about in church for me. The wall is too high. The boundary is too big. But the promise today is that it is for you. That everyone who comes to Jesus will drink from his well of living water. That Jesus will fill you up with his life and grace, mercy, and hope. That Jesus isn't worried about what society has to say or any cultural boundary. He isn't afraid to become unclean. And he doesn't care what other people have declared or said about you. 
Today we learn that Jesus is for you no matter what. But we also learn that Jesus can use you no matter what. Now maybe that's even harder for you to believe. (laughs) Maybe you're thinking to yourself, "Uh, Pastor, I am not a missionary. I'm not a pastor. Uh, I haven't memorized the New Testament. Uh, I don't have all the answers that that people are going to question me about. I'm not good with words. How can God use me? Well, if, if that's what you're thinking, then you're really not all that different from that Samaritan woman. But you, like her, can simply say, come and see. Come and see Jesus. Come and, come and look at his cross. I, I don't understand everything. I don't have all the answers, but you've got to see him. Come and see Jesus. You've got to check him out. Come and see what peace for your soul looks like. Have you been thirsting for peace? And you haven't found it anywhere in this world, not in the cars or the homes or the toys of life. You've got to come and see it. Come and see what hope looks like. Are you, are you longing for something to look forward to, something out of this world? Then you've got to come and see. Come and see what true life looks like. Come and see. Come and see Jesus, who is for me, who is for you, who is for all people. See, today Jesus promises that everyone who comes to him will receive this living water, the life eternal that is found in him. And we believe that as Christians, uh, not because we can see it with our eyes, not because we can grasp it with our hands, but simply because Jesus promises it. And that's what faith is all about, right? We lead our lives guided not by our eyes, but by the word of Jesus. Uh, But I do think, saying that, I do think that every once in a while we get a little glimpse of it, don't we? Every once in a while it's like God pulls back the curtain just long enough for us to see his love and life and grace. We can't see the, the physical streams of living water, but we get a glimpse of it, a foreshadow of it. Uh, for me, I got a glimpse of it uh, in my grandmother. Uh, my grandmother, as I remember her uh, for most of my life growing up, she was a vibrant, energetic, uh, faithful woman of God. But in the last few years of her life, much of that was taken from her, robbed from her by dementia and cancer. And much of that energy and vibrancy was taken away from her. In the last few months and days of her life, she didn't remember very much, uh, not at all. Uh, She couldn't speak very many words. Uh, She didn't recognize us, her family, and life was different then. But I remember going over to her home one afternoon, and uh, we were there together with our family, just spending some time with her, her caretaker, caregiver was there as well. And we're sitting there for a while. She's not really speaking. She wasn't able to at that point. But all of a sudden, she starts kind of mumbling or murmuring something under her breath. And it's quiet, and it's in German, and so none of us can really understand it. But someone figured out, I think it was her caretaker, that she was saying her prayers. She was talking to Jesus. You see, she had been filled with living water. She had drunk deeply from the well of Jesus. And then, even then, in the very few last days of her life, she never thirsted. It was almost like that that lifetime of living water that Jesus had filled her with in those last few moments was coming out of her, overflowing. She had the living water of Christ. And because of that, because she had Jesus, although she's been gone for 12 years now, she sees Jesus. Oh, does she see him. Brothers and sisters, our Savior Jesus says to each of us today, everyone who drinks of this water, that is the physical water of this earth, will be thirsty again. But everyone who drinks the water I give them 
will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. In Jesus' name.